And welcome into another episode of the Nick State of Mind podcast. Matt Castillo here, Chip Murphy, and our very, very special guest, Jonathan Macri of the Nick Film School, joining us. So, first off, Jonathan, thank you for taking the time out of your very busy schedule to hop on the Nick State of Mind podcast. Always means a lot. How are you? I'm doing good. Don't don't make the the schedule sound too crazy. My day today was spent. Uh, <laughs> Let's see. I, I, we went mini golfing. We took my older older daughter mini golfing for the first time. She has no idea how to swing a putter. It's really, <laughs> as someone who's played golf since I was nine, it was a little it was a little hard for me to watch. But you know, she's having fun. That's all that matters. But uh, yeah, right. no, we're everything. Everything's good. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Now, what we got for today on the show? We wanted to talk a little bit. Of course, last night the big Nick win against the Grizzlies last night. I mean, I'll be honest. The first three quarters of the game. My heart was being, like, ripped out just watching them. They seemed to be, like, a, a step slow throughout the whole game. And then right in the third, they got it to about seven points. And I went, okay, we're not playing good. But one good defensive quarter, and we can steal this one. And that's exactly kind of what, what happened. They picked up their defense. They started getting timely buckets. Now, one of those guys that was a key to that comeback victory was R.J. Barrett. His play was unbelievable if I'm not mistaken I think had 15 points between the fourth quarter and overtime some big three-pointers RJ has been playing really good basketball over the last I would say month month and a half really taking his game to a, a, a that level that we were hoping to see from him however Jonathan he, he gets he still gets a, a little disrespected I mean they have that list out the top 25 players under the age of 25 he's not even mentioned on it RJ is not getting any love. However, he's becoming a very big, reliable, consistent second option for the Knicks. So first off, just talking about the game last night and just the disrespect that RJ has been getting. Jonathan, your thoughts? Um, yeah, I think, well, first of all, I think you nailed it in terms of the time frame. It, it is just about exactly the last month and a half because some people will go back um, – and start his shooting um i guess progression because he had he he like he started off very cold then he was good for a while and then he he regressed so whatever comes off of a of a regression like they'll start it earlier in the season to me though like some of the efficiency numbers are are good like going back into february but to me the moment where it really turned around was after the golden state game so the golden state game he shot one for nine and then the next game, he comes out against Sacramento. Only, only takes eight shots, but he makes five of them. And then from that point forward, just – well, I test. Obviously, the numbers, too. He's he's really – like, something clicked. Something clicked after that point where he's just – he's starting to figure some stuff out. He's been more patient, I think, on his, on, on his offensive approach. I mean, defensively, I think he's been really good all year. I had a couple, a couple bumpy moments on defense um, – a couple nights ago against Boston, um, but I thought largely was was okay against Memphis. Had a nice um, a Stonewall John Morant at the end of the first half, which was nice. Um, yeah, I mean he's, I mean, so the 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 tricky thing, and I think why 
I, 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 I said this on my locker room that I did earlier today. I didn't, I did not click on the article. I still don't know. I, I know he didn't make the top 25, but like, I don't know who made it ahead of him. I guess what Jared Allen was one of the pe- people Jared that Allen, did yeah. and some other Cavaliers maybe um, like what, like those, I don't pay any attention to that because that's, that's content generated for clicks. And guess what? Once it gets out that, RJ Barrett didn't make the list. Guess what? Every Nick and you know, and there are more Nick fans than any other than maybe the Lakers than any fan base in sports. So that's like free clicks, right? Because every Nick fan is going to click all the way through it, getting getting themselves all in a lather about who who made it over RJ. It's nonsense. It's ridiculous. And I think the way they could get away with it, and it's not just ESPN. Other people, I think, disrespect RJ too. Is he doesn't have the eye popping something right like john moran has the speed zion he doesn't is, jump like john moran or run yeah like you know moran. you know jump speed like the, the athletic general athleticism right mm-hmm. like you watch you watch a jason tatum and you watch a you know a Jalen brown and there's just they look like they 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 look the part of elite nba scorers right because they're fluid right they're just like in that mold of like your your typical wing today RJ's not like that. He's 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 a little slower. He's not as fast as those guys, right? He doesn't quite have the off the dribble moves yet. Um, but man, you can't fake the numbers. You can't fake the numbers, and you can't fake. Fa- and here's the thing: you can't fake the strength. And I think what we're starting to see is when you combine the strength, when you combine just enough ball handling, when you combine just enough vision, when you combine some starting to get some savvy around the basket and you put all that together and then you add in the, um, as Tibbs likes to say, the shooting component. I love that Tibbs calls it the shooting component. Um, Like you have a really interesting player and it's tough for people because I don't think there's really a perfect comp. Like I did a whole newsletter last week or week before on like trying to find a comp for him. It's basically like Butler is like the only, but even Butler is kind of, you know, he like it's it's not fair to compare anyone to the most maniacal worker in the NBA. So all I know is I'm happy he's a Nick. I think he's happy he's a Nick, which is even more important. And he seems like the type of guy who like you know I don't I don't to me the conversation of like is he your best player on a championship team, second best player? That's like less interesting to me than is he a guy you you are like all right we're whatever our core is it's going to be built around that dude. And that I think is what has been established now in, in his second season that play where he was driving I think it was the end of the fourth quarter and he bumped John Morant and scored and Morant just fell right back that was a best player on a championship team move right there that was a guy who's just like I'm gonna go get it and score for my team the I, mentality I was, yeah mm-hmm. yeah the, the, the mentality and the execution and like it, but here's the thing I even saw something on Twitter like somebody was like oh everybody's going crazy because RJ Barrett hit a layup it's <laughs> It's to take the ball like and be able to survey the situation in that moment and be like, I have a little guard on me. This guy can't stop mm-hmm. me. And again, there's nothing eye-popping about it, like how it actually happened, except the fact that it happened. And he's 20. And it's and this is what and this is what's happening. And and I just I'm really excited to see more and more um him being put in a position, and they haven't done it really at all this year, but to be the primary playmaker on the floor specifically so he can get those matchups against like where you ha- where the other team has to stick their opposing point the, the point guard or the shooting guard on him because there's just not a lot of guards that are going to be able to guard him 
mm-hmm. you know, and again, we're talking about a guy who's 20. Imagine when he actually learns real moves in the post and stuff. It's, it's exciting. You know, I, I think that the best part that's made me excited about it is because, you know, of course, last season and even the beginning of this season, you had that one side that you're already labeling him as a bust, everything else. You know, you see tweets, you see it on Facebook, all these things. I mean, all last offseason, all I heard was we should have drafted somebody like Tyler Hero. It, it just it, – and we got into a – we had a podcast about that and, and why it's sometimes guys are just better off in where they get drafted, right? Like that that actually matters. So it's not that Tyler Hero is not a player, but the fact that people are really saying, oh, you know, giving up on this guy after one season – it's so nice not hearing from those people over the last like month or two. I, they, they moved on to a different target. And I even seen some saying, wow, I did not see this coming for RJ. And anybody that did not know coming out of college that he had some things to work on simply just never paid attention to him. They just seen a guy that went to Duke, was drafted number three, and thought he was going to come on the court and just dominate right away. It was clear that he had things to work on. But the thing I love about him – it, it seems like he's willing to put in that work. From day one, since being drafted in New York, he's embraced it. He's not afraid of it. And when you have a guy like that who's going to put in the work and put in the time, eventually it's going to click. And as you said, as 20 years old, we're already seeing him step in the right direction, and it's only going to get better. And it's a beautiful thing to see. But the question I have, though, is wh- why is he not getting love? Why is he not getting praise? I mean, th- th- this, this Nick team has – overachieved have showed that they are not going to be pushed around kicked around by any team in the league yet rj's not getting the love not getting the recognition that a lot of nick fans are screaming for that he deserves why is it i I think there's i still think there's some some part of the narrative where it's like this Knicks team is a cute story um i think it takes people like you know and in fairness it's not just the knicks right it's like you look out west, right? Who are the top two teams in the west? The Jazz and the the Suns. I was listening to Doris Burke and Zach Lowe on on the Low Post podcast that just came out yesterday. Talk about them, and like you know, Zach openly asked the question, like if you could pick this, if you had to take either the Suns to make the finals or the Suns to lose in the first round of the playoffs, what would it be? And it's like Suns to lose in the first round of the playoffs because it takes a while when you don't have preseason expectations, and then a team comes out and does whatever it does. Like until they do it in the playoffs, people are just going to be like, "Oh, okay. Well, it's it's Tibbs getting these guys prepared and like they're working hard and they're playing hard every night." But they're it's fool's gold, and I think some of that has rubbed off on RJ. What's interesting to me though is I do think people think the Randall thing is real, and I shouldn't even say like the Randall thing. Just like Julius Randall is real, right? Like the shooting, the 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 playmaking. The I mean, I know he's turning turning it over more, but um. But but I guess the difference is that we've seen like Randall as a special kind of unique athlete in the NBA that can just like there's nobody he's another one like RJ there's no one quite like Julius Randall um, in terms of what he's able to do like but just like physically he's able to just do some stuff whereas RJ if you turn on a Nick game you're still gonna see those two three four drives a game. Where RJ will just will drive and he'll like whatever he'll get blocked like Morant blocked him last night right he was having a terrible yeah. game for the first two quarters like he'll get blocked or like the the ball's not gonna go high off the backboard or something it's gonna be an ugly looking shot and like we're not we're not used to seeing our 
best player, second best player, third best player on really good teams do stuff like that. So, but then it gets back to the 20 year old component of it, which is like, he's 20, right? Like he is figuring it out. He's not an elite athlete. So, and then, but again, you can't, I'm sorry, I go, go back to this. You can't fake the numbers. He's at 50% effective field goal percentage for the year. And this is a guy who went through multiple slumps this year where he just could not hit a blessed thing. He couldn't throw the ball in the East river. Mm-hmm. And he's at, and he's about at 50 effective field goal percentage. So, um, I think that's the reason. I, I mean, it's not a great reason. I also think a lot of people aren't just, they're not watching the Knicks. You know, you have to watch this team day in and day out to really get the full effect of, I think, what RJ brings to them. And, and, and specifically, his relentlessness. He does not give in. And he does not let, like, bad starts to games, like, deter him. And uh, you could just look at his, his in-game splits for that. Like, he gets better as the game goes on. Yeah. And I think that's, that's the – the thing I enjoyed the most lately is because there has been some games during this where he does start off a little slow, but the yeah. Barrett from last year and even early on this season that once you've seen him struggle, you went, okay, it's going to be that kind of night. That, and there yeah. was nothing, nothing was going to get him going. He's able to make some adjustments now during the games and get himself involved in some kind of way, which I think has been the most impressive part to, you know, see it. And I, and I think it's, you know, I had, you know, down here, Zion Williamson went to high school 15 minutes from where, you know, I work at a radio station. So we cover okay. him and all that. And I, I do work with a, a, a guy that was is an anti-R.J. Barrett guy. Okay. I mean, just, just could not just, oh, he's not going to do this well. He's not going to do this well. And I even I, – I, I asked him, I said, have you been watching him this year? <laughs> and I, I actually just talked to him actually this morning. Okay. And he said he watched the game last night, and he says, I have been watching a little bit more, and he looks like a completely different player or that player that people thought he could be. So yeah. it, it was just – it was funny, you know, thinking about it. I said, wait a minute. The guy that has been, oh, my goodness, RJ's, uh, you know, overrated, all this stuff. Uh, his thing is he's a big Zion guy. So when they rated him higher than Zion, he kind of – he well, lost his, his bit about it. But – and, and that's and look, Zion's. But th- but here's the thing: Zion's a special player and a special specimen. Like you could we, you could watch the game for 50 years and you're not going to see another guy like oh yeah Zion. He's 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 Shaq on wheels. Like that's RJ's the opposite of that. There's nothing about it. Like we were saying before, there's nothing about his game that's going to pop. So I you know I get it, but you know you just you talk about like he RJ was under 45 effective field goal percentage as a rookie. And then after that first hot start against the Pacers to start this season for the next 10 games, he was, I just looked it up. He was at 35 effective yeah. field goal percentage. So I think again, there's some of this like reputation factor of like, he's just not that. But then since then, since he figured it out, it's just, you know, the, the proof is in the pudding. And I think more people, if they were like your friend and they watched him play, they, they would yep. see that. And there was that stretch where he missed how many consecutive threes was it? He went like over twenty. He was over twenty-one. Yeah. And then there was a separate, a completely separate stretch to the season where he was one for twenty-one. And yeah. now I said it. I think on I think one of my half times or something. Is there a shot on the Knicks off? Like, is there a, a, a result of a Knicks offensive possessions that you've of a offensive possession that you feel more confident about right now than an RJ three? I don't think so. I don't, it's not like Randall ISO. It's not, I don't think it's a Burks three or a Bullock three or any, like it's not a quickly floater. It's an RJ three, you know, and the numbers bear that out. So kudos to him. That is crazy to think that. 
judging it's, by but how it's true. It's come. a fact. And he went, those, went through those two stretches earlier in the year. And that right now, game on. And we saw this last night. The game was on the line. And what did they keep going to? RJ for RJ three. RJ for three. He went three. Didn't he go three of three in fourth quarter in overtime? He hasn't missed. Yeah. So the last two games, he hasn't. The only shot he missed in the fourth quarter was the Morant block, which, yeah. uh, again, it was like an impressive block. But at the same time, in fairness to RJ, like he didn't. He surveyed the situation that was in front of him. He thought he had the layup. He didn't see Morant coming from behind. So, as far as I'm concerned, the dude hasn't missed a shot in two straight fourth quarters in the overtime. Yeah. Like that that's... was an incredible block, by, but that was superhuman block. That was just unlucky well, by by RJ. But, but that's I, John Morant. Yeah. I mean, it's John do. Morant. Yeah, it's an incredible yeah. block. That's nine times out of ten that doesn't happen. So that's yeah. just something yeah. great. But I do want to, as much as I love talking about RJ, I do want to move on because we don't have John for very long. So yeah. I do want to. I do want to ask you something different. We, uh, John, you mentioned earlier, RJ and Julius are are uh, our best players and our first and second best players. I can't remember saying that a player is our first and second best player and thinking, wow, these guys are legit first and second best players. Like I remember when Melo was our our best player and we yeah. were like, oh, poor Zingas is our second best player and thinking, man, I hope he gets, man, I hope he's good. And then when, when J.R. Smith was our second best player. But yeah. these guys are – I feel like uh, R.J. Barrett and Julius Randle are legit. So that got me thinking, like, if you could pair any player in the NBA with R.J. and Randle, and it, who would it be? And I'm talking not like realistic options like former Leon Rose clients or Bradley Beal or something. Literally any anyone? guy. Anyone. Anyone in the NBA. Like for one game or like moving forward as no, a No, moving forward on the franchise. Oh wow, that's a really good question. Yeah. I mean the the oh, Jesus. It's harder than you think, right? Because there's a lot of there's a lot of good options. When I was thinking about it, I was immediately like I had one guy set and then I, I was like, maybe I should go a different way. And it's harder than you think. It's it's a really hard question because, yeah. like, the first name that popped in my – and this is not the right answer. The first name that popped in my mind was Kawhi. I don't think that's the right answer because I don't – like, I think we saw – we saw how Kawhi Leonard functions the best. When you have a guy like Kyle Lowry running your team and Kawhi just gets to be Kawhi and he doesn't have to worry about taking care of anybody else, that's not this Nick situation. There is no Kyle Lowry on this team. I think they need a Kyle Lowry sort, except – the Kyle Lowry sorts are all on the older side. They're Kyle Lowry. They're Chris Paul. They're like, there's obviously, you know, Steph Curry's the obvious answer. Like all of those sorts of guys. Um, oh God. I mean, again, like James Harden's old or not old. He's older. Um, whew, wow. I'm going to hold on. I'm going to give you an answer, but I, I, I'm, I'm looking, hold on. I'm going to look here. I'm going to give a quick scan of the of the old uh NBA I knew you were gonna NBA. think of that's why I wanted to ask you because I knew you were gonna think about this hard. <laughs> this is I mean it's a really fantastic question. It's a great question. Like it it you wanna say a young Chris Paul. That's the right well, oh there is one guy. I mean, I don't know that there's a team in the NBA that this dude doesn't fit with and he's young and I don't even care that he can't defend. Like Jokic is like is That's that too? I well, oh, yeah. I, wait, no, never mind. I'm sorry. I forgot this guy existed. It's it's Luca. Luca was the first name that popped into my head. 
Yeah. So but Luke, but Luke is the Luke is the answer to this question for like if you he's the most untradeable asset in the NBA. He's the first. He's the he was, I did a trade value column a few weeks ago. He was first on the list. I'm I'm sorry. All of that struggling was because I forgot Luka Doncic existed for some reason. <laughs> I've, it's it's been a long day. But like outside of Luka, I'd probably say Jokic. Probably say Jokic. AD is a good one. I mean Zion, yeah. you know, is he's Zion. Um, why? Who are you thinking, uh, Chip? Luca was the first name that popped into my head, and then I started just for the same reasons you just said, obviously. And then I started thinking about it, and I was like, oh, maybe Joker, because then you have three insanely talented ball handlers, and that's what every team's looking for, right? Just as many ball handlers as you can put on the court at once. And then you start to worry about defense, I guess, a little bit, but I feel like it's tips. So what are you really worried about with defense, right? Yeah, I mean, you you always worry about it, and I think he likes a rim protecting center. I, I yeah, man, but no, I mean, Lucas, Lucas, the answer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess. Yeah, the other, I mean. the other guy, you know, not for nothing. The other guy who wouldn't—he's not at the top of the list, but boy, would he be pretty close to the top? Is the guy they they played last night? I, I mean, John Moran. I, I'm, yeah. I think John Moran's really good. I think I think he's gonna be really good for a really long time. Yeah. I think the I think the shot this year is has definitely raised a bit of a red flag, but sure shit looked pretty sure, good yeah. last night. Of course, he was making it against us. Yeah, <laughs> four and four and five is crazy. Yeah. Ah. Anyway, that's a good question. That's a really good question. Yeah. Luca, Luca's my my player in way. I told Chip this. Uh, that that's uh, that's my that's my play. I'm a big LeBron fan. I will admit that. That's been my my guy since I've been nine years old. Okay. So. I, I've been looking for that next guy. Who's that next next person to keep oh, it's, eye it's, on after he's gone? It's Luca. It's Luca. He's yeah. taking it. Yeah. I even learned how to say his name just because. <laughs> but he's that's why Porzingis. So, <laughs> yes, so. That's what I mean. You know, Porzingis. Is, I think I did. Uh, this was from a locker room I did last week. Somebody uh, we had a Mavs fan on, and his, his assessment of Porzingis like he's fine. He's he's fine. I that's, heard that one. Yeah, I yeah. was like, yeah, that's perfect description. He's okay. No, <laughs> Whatever. But that's but that that's why I got into a lot of trouble before the season, when I was like talking about the Mavs pick as like a ho hum asset, and if they could move it for something real, I thought they should have. And I think I wrote at one point I was like I would sign for the twenty first pick before I think before the season I was like I would sign for the twenty first pick in, in the draft right now, and guess what. It's probably going to wind up being the 21st pick in the draft. Maybe the 20th, depending on, you know, but we'll, we'll see. Um, look, you never know, but, I mean, just it's Luca. He's it's like that, that dude's going to win MVPs, multiple MVPs. Yeah. yeah, he is. Franchise player for a long time. Yeah, easy. Yeah, easily. Okay, I told you before we uh, let you go that I wanted to throw some names at you for yes. uh, the offseason. Okay. And uh, I know you're going to be talking about Lonzo Ball a million times, so I don't want to. I don't want to throw Lonzo at you because you've already talked about him a bunch. Old he's, Depot too. I so. like Lonzo's not even like I'm. I appreciate that Lonzo's not even that interesting of a conversation for me. Like people are. It's actually not annoying. That's the wrong word. It's it's a little bothersome or worrisome that people are starting to talk about Lonzo of like, oh my god, we like the, you know they were talking about Durant two years ago. Like, yeah. look, we need this guy. Like, that's I, – I I don't know what people need to do. They need to just watch the guy a little. He's not that. He's not the savior of the New York Knicks. He's a, a nice player. 
well the but thing is anyway. he's at his best when he does, when he's not controlling the ball but i don't want to go too deep yeah no let's we don't yeah. talk about that. <laughs> yeah. talk, talk, let, give me some other names yeah i'll give you some other names all right the first one is a guy who knicks fans have been talking about for a while but i do want to throw it at you gary trent jr sure. um i i like gary trent jr i think he's a very nice player i think the fact that the raptors just traded for him and obviously knowing that he's restricted mm-hmm. and um, their finances are such that they sh- should be able to keep him. Um, I don't, I, I have a general rule, um, that I've said, and sometimes people don't like it, but I'll stand by it. You, you pay players like Gary Trent Jr. When you are, you have your core already and you go, it's like the Nets situation with Joe Harris, like you go over the cap to sign at you, and if you have to go into the tax or whatever, but you don't use your—I don't want to say waste, but it's kind of like waste. Your 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 cap space on a guy who is not a luxury because he's gonna—he may make the difference in some championship team someday, but he's not—he's not making a material difference on this team, you know, because he just doesn't—he's not that level of player. He's a great shooter and a nice defender and the whole thing, but you know, so I'm. I'm lukewarm on the Knicks going after Gary Trent Jr. this this summer. Um, okay. That's yeah. Okay. Uh, the recent, the recently injured and CAA client, Josh Hart. Um, I'm sorry. Did you guys just see this this breaking news? Oh wait, no, it was deleted. Shams, I swear to God, Shams just had a tweet. I don't know if it's April Fool's tweet that A Rod is in discussions to buy the Timberwolves. No. I yeah, I sp- that, yeah. It, well, he he deleted the tweet, so um, it, but it was from a couple months ago. Anyway, I'm sorry, I missed who you said. Josh Hart. I like Josh Hart, but again, restricted. I just, oh god, I, maybe I'm still smarting from Timmy. Um, just restricted free agency is like, it, which is part of my again my slight hesitation with Lonzo. I just like, what are you gonna have to pay that dude for New Orleans to let him walk? I don't, I don't know the answer to that question. He's a really nice player. Really nice player. He's going to help teams win for a long time. He's a good player. But is he going to be, make a material difference in the Knicks? Is he worth you going out and signing, you know, like, I don't know, three-year, $40 million offer sheet? I don't, what is it going to take to get that guy? That's, again, it's the cost. Love the player. Cost scares me. By the way, you were right. Yeah. Three-time yeah, MLB MVP A-Rod and close friend Mark Lore are have signed a letter of intent and are negotiating with Glenn Taylor to become the next owners of the Timberwolves. Yep. Oh my God, that's crazy. Yeah, I'm seeing limited ownership on some of the headlines in there, but yeah, he's just trying. He's oh, trying. He wants to purchase some team some way. Wow. Well, he whiffed <laughs> on the Mets big time. Yeah. That is that is so sad to go from even if it's. It's just this is phenomenal. It's just, you can't go from write a this New shit. York City team to the Minnesota A-Rod, Timberwolves. A Rod to Minnesota. Giddy up! Oh, wow. And and, and what it, what are what are the what is the what are the protections going to be involved in the or, or will there be protections or I mean Glenn Taylor has said in the past he's not going to sell to anybody who he thinks is going to move the team. They're the most obvious franchise in the league to be moved to Seattle. A Rod played yeah. the first X number of years exactly, in and he still has ties there, right? So I, I would assume so, yeah. but who the hell knows? Wow, that's um interesting. Okay. Anyway. Wow. Yeah. Get <laughs> that's just sorry shot. to get us wow. off the rails. No, 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 no. I'm so glad you brought that up. I really am. Uh 
Uh, Doug McDermott. I like Doug Second McDermott. Second stint, huh? Yeah. I don't, I don't, the, the fit, not fit, the, well, the fit with Tibbs worries me a little bit because he's not a good defender and I'm not sure. And I think he's a guy that you're always going to be afraid to leave on the court in big situations. And I'm, you know, I wonder is, you know, what, what does that look like in the playoffs? And I think, I think this front office and, and Tibbs is part of the, that brain trust is trying to build this team a certain way with certain types of guys. And I'm just, I'm not sure McDermott is like a Tibbs type of guy. I mean, don't forget Tibbs coached him as a rookie, buried him the hell yeah, on the bench. Um, and then he was, you know, he was, was he traded or was the Tibbs leave before that? I he was I traded. He was actually traded twice and both trades involved the pick that was used to select Mitchell Robinson. There you go. Yeah, right. yeah. that's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. Anyway. Um, I, but his, I mean, I talk about effective field goal percentage. The dude's like around 60 this year. He's, he's yeah, just, he's such he's a smart player. Ninth in the league in two point field goal percentage. It's crazy. Yeah. 63% on twos. I mean, he just, he raises your, he's a bench guy. He's supposed to be coming off yeah. the bench, but he raises your, your, but again, there's a guy. What is the cost going to be? There will be someone out there that pays that dude more than he should get for what he is. And I, again, I don't mean to disparage the player. It's just, it comes back to the cost. So I'd be, again, of all the, like, he's my favorite of the names you've mentioned for what I think you'd be able to get him at, but I still think he's going to be too expensive. He's making seven million this year, and, and he's having the best year of his career. Yeah, he, but he's a career forty percent three point shooter, so the shooting is legit. So like someone's I, gonna look at that dude and be like, "Wait a minute, Joe Harris got four for seventy last offseason, or four seventy whatever, whatever the hell he got." You know, Berton's got what he got. Trent's gonna get what he got. I could get there. I can get McDonald for three for yeah, you know, forty. And someone team is gonna look at that and be like, "Yeah, it's a bargain." And that. You know, I I don't want to be the team that pays. Him. Yeah, it gives him forty million. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. not. That's, that's a not, that's a lot of money, but I don't is. know. Luke Kennard four for sixty. Oh my god, that's that? fucking. How's, he's better than Luke Kennard, though. How's that working out? <laughs> I feel terrible. I feel terrible for Luke. But again, all it takes is one asshole, which is why for everybody, for everybody who criticized the Knicks, you know, last offseason and at the deadline and the whole thing, it's like you. I love the fact that they are exercising patience and and caution with yeah. with their with their salary how many people did the buck screw with that drew holiday contract and then giving oh, dj mean, augustine all that money that's for, for no reason that was just terrible there's silly, silliness across the board yeah, yeah. anyway uh, i have a couple more names here yeah no go for you yeah. we're, we're good until you yeah, get yeah, through the names yeah uh i cheated a little bit because i know this is going to be a popular one but i had to throw in demar Derozan because you t- just talked about him on your podcast so demar Derozan. I'll I'll be quick with it because I, again I have I've written about this yes. guy I've talked about this yeah. guy I if you want to talk about a guy who's going to raise your ceiling that to me is a guy that raises your ceiling mm-hmm. and I get it he's old he doesn't shoot threes he's not sexy there's nothing about him that's exciting he's Demar Derozan you know that name doesn't carry any kind of cachet mm-hmm. anymore but that dude is a good offensive player he's a really good offensive yes. player and he will raise your team's offensive ceiling appreciably now where does it get you you can you parlay demar Derozan into anything no you know you you you'd need to figure out like okay that's a good move it gets us from point a to point b but we're still not where we need to be yet but in a vacuum i like the idea of signing him 
I and I I would pay him. I would pay him some money for a couple years and maybe even three years just because I, I like that fit. And I like when you give Tibbs good basketball players that are not necessarily perfect fits. That's the benefit of having Tom Thibodeau to me is you get to get the most out of those sorts of guys. And I think we saw pop get the most out of the Rose and I think Tibbs could do the same. Yeah. I agree with that completely. I got three more names for you. Two of okay. them are on the same team. So okay. be, you can do that in one shot. Okay. This guy has also been linked with Knicks fans for a while. Larry Markinen. Ah, a pass. I total just, pass. We're just- <laughs> to, total pass. Just be, I mean, we, Julius, I mean, and if, even if, Ju- if Julius disappeared tomorrow, I, I would much rather give Obi the reins to that, to the four and, um, and let him, let him see what he could do with it. And uh, yeah. All right. If we're passing on him, then Hamadou, Hamadou Diallo. Well, hometown kid, um, mm-hmm. interesting player. I was. Uh, it, it seemed like the Thunder traded him because they didn't want to pay him, which is um, weird because they traded him for a guy they're not going to pay anyway. And Steve McKaylock. Yeah, I don't. I, I like. I don't know. Guys like Diallo are interesting because he, really good developmental organization, right? Yeah, is clearly in it for the long haul. Like how much? How much do they think that guy's gonna get? Or Kentucky like, what is guy too? Kentucky. What guy. are his, what are his, what's his asking? I mean, I like him a lot. Um, I don't think he's a, a shooter. Um, if unless he's I'm he's having way a off. better year, but it's on a very low uh, clip. It's like two attempts per game. I want to say. Yeah, I'm pull, I'm pulling up. His yeah, one point nine, one point nine. Yeah. I mean. Yeah, but he's well, one point four for the year, but he's, he's shooting thirty five percent. It's it's prog- I mean that, but like that's a dude that when you watch a game, you'll come away remembering him. I feel like more often than not, um, the effective field goal percentage for the year is really strong. I mean, the free throw percentage worries you a little bit, but like, hmm. yeah, I like that dude. I would, I would, I would kick the tires Take a there. Shot, yeah, because you don't really. The Pistons are weird too. I don't really know what they're doing. Speaking speaking of weird franchises, uh, these last two, I think you probably knew I would ask about these guys. I'm sure. I have to ask about Devontae Graham and Malik Monk. So, take a sip of my beer before I answer this question. Um, <laughs> Monk, I just, no. I just, I don't want to pay. Really? For the, not at all? Have you watched I, him at all this season? I No, I have not watched a whole lot of Charlotte basketball. Okay. I, well, I've watched a little bit of them. But, like... I, he's just like, we have Emmanuel quickly and I'm not saying you could ever have too much shooting, but like, he's not a monk is not a point guard. He's an undersized too. So he, he is basically your, your bench gunner, right? The guy that's going to come off the bench and he's going to get you and he's going to help try to get you buckets. That's to me the role that quickly is going to occupy for a while now, because basically what you're asking me is like, is Emmanuel quickly maybe going to be the starting point guard of this team or the starting two, I guess, theoretically, if they moved RJ three, like, I don't see that. I see Emmanuel quickly being a bench player for the foreseeable future. And if he is, and knowing Tibbs is going to be the coach and knowing Tibbs has certain roles that he likes and the whole thing, like that's quickly's role. That's just not, that's not the expenditure of assets that I want to make, which turns us to Devonte Graham, man, Oh, you know I like Devontae Graham um, a lot. I really do. I like him, but I, he's not a he's not a point guard. You know, he's he's the size of a point guard, 
but he's a shooting guard. Mm-hmm. He's a shooting guard in a point guard's body for shooting sure. guard in a point guard's body. So, but again, he's a he's a good basketball player and he's a good shooter and he's he gets stuff done on, on a the high court. clip too. Takes a I, lot. I, yeah. a lot. I see Graham a, a good bit and I mean the, the guy can play but sometimes for me it can be very erratic and very efficient or oh, not yeah. efficient. Oh, he was one of the worst shooters yeah, in, in the league over the beginning of the season. Started out terrible, but he's been great lately. So streaky. Yeah. Would drive Knicks fans crazy at times, and then they'd love him at times too. Exactly. <laughs> but again, for, for, for whatever criticism you may have of Graham, he, he's a, he has a higher effective field goal percentage of R.J. Barrett, who we just spent mm-hmm. the first 10 minutes of the yeah. show singing his praises. Yeah. Um, you know, he's like – uh, oh goodness! I just I I would want to know the number. I mean, he's again another restricted guy. So what's the number, or what's the sign and trade? You know, and what's the number on the sign and trade? Not aside from what you have to give up to do the sign and trade. Right. So these are, the, you know, I don't see them going in that direction. I would be really surprised. I just, if they're gonna make a play for someone, it feels like they're gonna make a play, especially with like. The fact that they could have had Ola, like the fact that they could have had Oladipo for nothing, and they could have gotten they gave up the Pistons pick, they would have had Oladipo, and they were like, you know what, no thanks. It tells me, I think it tells me that they're they're gonna be picky moving forward about the types of players that they go after, and it's not just gonna be like we like this guy because he could do some stuff and he's a sexy name and this and that. No, they're gonna go after specific types of players, and I think. You know, Lonzo's not perfect. It all comes back to Lonzo. Lonzo's not perfect. He doesn't drive the ball. He's not a, you know, a real floor general in the, you know, the, again, the Chris Paul, Kyle Lowry sense. But he's a big guard. He defends the hell out of the ball. He hits an open shot. He can, you know, he's, he raises the ceiling of your offense, even if he's not the traditional point guard. So, you know, it all comes back to him. He's, he's still, to me, the top of the, the top of the list. He's the guy I think they're going to target. I think they'll give up something to do with sign and trade. I don't know what, but um, yeah, that's uh, yeah. I think that's all I got. Yeah, I think. Yeah, <laughs> thank you, thank you for coming on, John. I really appreciate it. Man. No, it's it's all, it's absolutely always a pleasure to talk hoops uh, with you. And um, I, I don't we we don't have another. We'll we'll have to hope for an early Magic game next season so we can get get our usual uh, <laughs> annual podcast for on KFS on the on the docket. Um, or maybe Hope, we'll just yeah. you know shoot the shit over the summer when things yeah, slow down. Agreed. And hopefully the magic get somebody and just don't blow the lottery completely. Dude, they're <laughs> in I I still I that was a heist. Yeah. Well, it was a heist. I, I thought they just, did really well on those trades. I thought I mean the, the Gordon the Gordon trade was a fair trade and for all we know Gordon may be hoisting a championship trophy a few months from now. I think that mm-hmm. Denver team's really good. But that Vooch trade, man. I just that you got that, and I like Vooch. We've talked about Vooch. You've defended Vooch. I will always defend him. I will always really, defend him. He's a really good player, but I'm sorry, you can't make that trade if you're the Bulls. You just yeah, can't do it. It's, it's not really like, working for him either so far. It's not like they're moving well up. You know, they're they're kind of staying like, where they're at. That what? Hawks loss was brutal. That yeah. they oh needed to win that game. That yeah, they did. scores fifty and you lose. That's inexcusable. Yep. Yeah, the guy had flame shooting out of his butt, yeah. and they can't. They, it wasn't even close down the stretch. They got like it wasn't a blowout, but 
man. Anyway, all right. We'll, yeah. we'll save that conversation for another day. But this was fun, guys. Thank you. Uh, thank you again for having thank me you, on. John. And uh, for anybody listening, um, if, if you want to check uh, any of my stuff out, I guess just follow me on Twitter and all my – everything's linked to there. It's, uh, what's, what am I? JC Macri NBA? Yeah, JC You want to plug your merch too? Don't you have the, the new site, right? Do you yeah, know I don't know. I think the only place where the link for the store is is in the – description of our youtube videos we have to get like a place where we people could find it just go to my twitter if you go okay. to my twitter and you scroll down you find like links to the youtube stuff and like there's the links to the merger in there and it's uh yeah yeah so if you want if you want if you're just dying for a coffee mug with the next film school symbol <laughs> on it you can go go find that there but anyway. follow john he's the best that's the best Knicks guy out there. It's way, way too kind. Um, you got, you're not bad yourself, man. And uh, thank you again for, for having me on. Thank you, Matt. And uh, yeah, I'll talk to you guys soon. All right. All right. Thank you, Jonathan. Have a good one. Absolutely.